Hello and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Ellen and each episode I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. If you'd like to chat with one of our experts, you can sign up for a free consultation at the link in the description of this episode. Today, we'll hear from Harvard alum and Ingenious Prep's Director of Counselor Management, Catherine Scherer, on how rising seniors can maximize their summer break to get ahead in the upcoming college admissions process. Hi, Catherine. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Ellen. It's great to be here. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your role at Ingenious Prep? Sure. So at Ingenious, I'm the Director of Counselor Management. So I work sort of at every stage of the process with our counselors from the hiring process into training and then working um, with our counselors as they do the work with our students. Um, I am a counselor myself for several students as well, because I think it's really important to make sure that I have that student um, direct student contact. My background is a little bit non-traditional. I actually got my undergraduate degree from Northwestern University in voice performance and music education. So I was training to become an opera singer. Um, When I did my student teaching, I decided that it was just the best thing in the entire world. And I wanted to make sure that education was my career. So I went and I taught high school music for several years. And then I decided to go back to get my graduate degree at Harvard in school leadership because I wanted to increase my impact um, beyond the students I was working with and also impact teachers as well. Um, And so that's what brought me to Ingenious. um, And I love the, the fact that I'm able to help other teachers teach students really, really well and help them be great at their jobs. That's lovely. I think we're going to jump right in and just, you know, could you maybe break down what your ideal timeline is for rising seniors from, you know, when they start their summer break around May or June to when they finally submit their common app January 1st? Yeah, great question. Um, So there's a whole lot of things that you need to be doing over this summer. It's definitely a busy time. Um, I will talk sort of in like two threads here. Um, I want to make sure that we're talking a little bit about like what you can be doing over the summer extracurricularly. And then I also want to talk about some of the things you can be doing to prepare for your application. So in terms of like a candidacy um, timeline and the things that you'll be doing for extracurriculars, um, most students are, you know, finishing up AP exams and doing a lot in May. So they're normally pretty busy. Um, But then once you get to June, there's a possibility that you might be doing some standardized testing prep and taking some standardized tests at some point over the summer. Normally, I love it when a student is able to take one of their standardized tests earlier in the the summer so that then they have a backup time for either August or September. Um, It's really difficult, I think, if you're waiting until August or September of your senior year to take that test for the first time, because then you really aren't giving yourself enough time for a backup retake. Um, So I do definitely um, hope that students, you know, obviously dependent on what is available in their area with COVID, do be testing in the beginning of the summer. As they go throughout the summer, you know, 
doing some version of a recognized summer program. And when I say recognized, I just mean anything that sort of has a title and isn't an independent project that you're doing all by yourself. So at some point over the summer, integrating some summer program um, with some of that test prep, um, students should also be doing independent projects over the course of the summer as well. Um, You ultimately want most of that work to be finished by the time you start your senior year, because that will be a little bit too late. um, And you often will be really busy with your applications at that point. So you want to make sure that that extracurricular work got finished over the summer. Application prep itself. I think that it's very important uh, in the spring before your senior summer to be talking with your teachers about writing letters of recommendation. Some high schools will have actual requirements or packets that are due at this time of year to select their recommenders. But if your school doesn't have that, it's great to approach the teachers you're thinking about to write your letters of recommendation in that that 11th grade spring um, so that you get on their radar. Some teachers will have sort of a quota for how many letters that they can write. And so you really want to make sure that you are on top of that. So definitely thinking about your letters of recommendation, the teachers you have the best relationships with, people who might have, you know, show different sides of your personality. You're normally gonna want to be planning on two letters of recommendation from your teachers. Also in spring of that 11th grade year, it's a really good idea to get a meeting set up with your high school guidance counselor or college counselor. That person will be writing a letter of recommendation and sort of talking about how the school endorses your candidacy in your application. And a lot of students don't realize that this is a very, very important part of their application because it kind of happens behind the scenes and they may not even realize that that it does happen. So students really should be having a meeting with that person helping them understand who they are, getting to know them um, and their personality, and also trying to understand from their guidance counselor a little bit about, you know, how they stack up as part of their high school graduating class, types of schools or colleges that might be a fit for them. So I, I definitely think those are important in that, you know, late spring of the 11th grade year. Over the summer, in terms of application preparation, school research is really, really important. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that later as well. But you really want to make sure that you're going in depth and thinking about a lot of different colleges where you might be interested. You know, when it is possible to travel, I think that this summer is a perfect time to have some campus visits, get to see what the schools are like, meet some prospective students, uh, or excuse me, meet some current students, and get a sense for the campus feel, the town feel, the city feel, wherever that campus is located. Over the summer, you'll also want to start working on the activities list and the personal statement, um, which are sort of the two biggest qualitative parts of your application. So you'll get started narrowing down the activities that you are going to include in your application, as well as brainstorming what you want to write for your personal statement. I do recommend that most students have at least a solid draft of their personal statement and probably have their activities list finished by the end of summer. The Common App will open and sort of refresh in August. And so once we get to August, you'll also want to make sure that you are a Common App account and putting all of your information in there so that that's all ready to go. 
Once we get into, you know, September, then you're just really refining those materials more. So getting that personal statement in better shape, starting to write supplemental essays, potentially for schools where you might want to apply in the early round, really making sure that activities list is in great shape. And then by the time we get to um, October 15th and November 1st, those are some of the early deadlines. Um, You'll be able to have an application that you feel great about that you'll have, you know, really far in advance and you'll be really well prepared. I think that preparing in the summer when I was a senior, that wasn't even something I really thought of. Mm -hmm. I think it was so just like intimidating that I kind of kept putting it off of, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not a senior yet. Like I don't have to do it yet, but I remember it always being in the back of my mind. And I did actually do, I did two college like summer programs in a row, Mm -hmm. which ended up being about like two months straight. And they're both great experiences and they, definitely helped prepare me for college and my applications. But at the same time, I think that they took away time that I could have been working on my college applications and also doing um, test prep. Because once uh, the school year started, I did not have time to study for like the SAT or ACT one last time. So I think time management is a big piece of this just because there's so many different things you could be doing. And maybe you really need to think about you know, what's best for you. So if you've already got like your perfect SAT score, you can really start focusing on those application materials, like you said, or an independent project. But if your test score is really below what you need for the schools you really want to get into, that's probably something you need to focus on. Definitely. And I I think, you know, when I work with students on their summer plan, I sort of think about not only a week by week breakdown of their summer, but also, okay, so you're going to be doing test prep all throughout the summer. Let's plan on making sure you do that for an hour every day and let's break that down into your calendar. So I think that 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 time management piece is really important because there are sort of a lot of threads that you're going to be managing at the same time throughout the summer. And then of course, also into the fall when you're going to be balancing working on applications with school. And I think it's helpful if you can, you know, get a college counselor at like through Ingenious or get into a test prep program, because I think that, you know, especially high schoolers have an inclination to procrastinate, especially when something is very high pressure and stressful. But, you know, if you get into a test prep class where you go every Sunday for three hours, you're really going to be forced to do a lot more than you might be able to hold yourself accountable to if you didn't. Yeah. So I think that can be very helpful. Um, Is it true that some colleges will track interest based on, you know, if you come and visit them? That is true. Yes. Many of the very top elite colleges, like in the top 20 schools, don't track interest. Um, And they do that because they know that they would sort of get overwhelmed and it it won't be very meaningful for them in the process. Yes, definitely. There are schools um, who track interest that can take a lot of forms. So tracking interest can be visiting a campus. It can be um, just visiting the website. Like um, it can be sending an email to an admissions officer to talk with us, a, a current student, um, a lot of different ways, sort of any touch point that you have with a college is that tracked interest. Um, and that makes a big difference at a lot of colleges, especially colleges where they really want to s- sort of protect their yield. And what that means is that they want the students who they accept to come to the school. Sure. And, you know, I wish I had realized when I was applying to colleges, how much did go on behind the scenes, because Mm -hmm. I do remember um, going to all these little uh, sessions where uh, admissions counselors from Yale, from Harvard would come to my high school and I'd go and sit down and talk to them with a small group of people. And I just did not realize that those are the people that would probably read my application. I didn't realize that it was so based on like region. Right. 
And I think that I could have been a lot more strategic with that if I had known. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic point, Ellen. You know, it's, um, those admissions officers who are visiting high schools are going to those high schools so that they learn more about them so that when they read applications from those high schools, they'll know about that context. And so you're exactly right. In almost all cases, the person who's visiting your high school will be the person who will read your application. Um, and that doesn't mean that you need to sort of impress that person necessarily, but if there are things about your high school that they might not know, that actually would be a really great thing to talk with them about. Not Maybe not about you in particular, but anything that they learn about your high school context will help in the process. Sure. And I think I'd like to go into talking about summer programs. And sure. like I said, I did actually go to a couple summer programs. So I did a think it was about a two-week program in DC on politics and government and that was a great experience and then I did a six-week pre-college program where we did musical theater and that was a great introduction to the, like the college experience first mm-hmm. of all you know living in dorms and all of that and you know getting used to sharing a bathroom with so many people and I think it did help my application just because I was applying to musical theater programs and theater mm-hmm. programs. So having that like conservatory style helped and it definitely prepared me because I was, you know, taking classes every day, fine tuning my dancing skills, my acting. And so I felt that did definitely really prepare me, but you know, I know that all programs aren't alike. So what should mm-hmm. students really look for as they're researching these programs? Yeah. Ellen, I think you, you made a great point about preparing yourself for what you're going to be studying in college, because that would be like the first criteria that I would recommend is you want to start narrowing down your areas of interest and then try and find summer programs that align with that. I'm glad you brought up what you did the summer before your senior year. The summer before my senior year, I actually um, went to France and lived with a host family for six weeks. Basically was fluent by the time I got back, which did help prepare me for opera because you do need to have those languages, but it wasn't quite as related to what I wanted to study in college, Um, but it was a fantastic experience. So I would recommend somebody, my position potentially to do something different, right? To actually do a music program um, because it would have prepared me better for college. So like I said, you want to think about what is your your field of interest and you want to think as specific as possible. So I would say that the, the strongest type of programs you're going to be able to see are going to be in specific areas to show your expertise in that specific area, um, more so than something that's a more general course requirement. Um, So that's sort of the first criteria. I also think it's important, just like you said, Ellen, you did a mix of two different programs. And I do think that that's almost always a good idea for a lot of students to have students mix up their, their programs with like something that's a little bit more academic. You know, this summer, there are a lot of like purely online summer programs. So students can take, you know, a seven week course that's very, very academic while also doing something else at the same time. And then I also think it's great for students to have something that's a little bit more practical as a summer program. So there are a couple of programs that are like research-based or are focusing on leadership or business. And that kind of a combination can be a really great mix for a lot of students. I think that 
the thing that's also important is that it's not just about summer programs. Like I mentioned, you know, independent projects and SAT prep and things like that should be part of that overall summer planning. I will refer you to a blog that we have that lists some of the most impactful summer programs. Not all summer programs are of equal quality or of equal like impressiveness to admissions officers. And there's a long list of some, some of the ones that are really recognized by admissions officers that we have in our blog. We won't have time to get into all of them here, but I want you to have that reference because those are some of the most fantastic programs that will be really, really high quality. Sure. And we'll link that in the bio for everyone to check out. I think we do have a case study of maybe a student who applied with us last year and she got into like two very prestigious summer programs. And because of COVID, they both went online and she was able to do both. Do you know which case study I'm talking about? I don't. I think she was, you know, maybe one was like an environmental science program and one was a writing program at um, Iowa. And she was able to kind of do both of these yes. and okay, really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, build her application persona and kind of like uh, clarify that. Yes. And I think that that's a great example of like somebody using two different summer programs to, to create more of like an interdisciplinary kind of like application persona. And I think, you know, as far as the summer of 2021, there will be a good mix of things that are still online. And, you know, obviously it would be great for things to be in person, but I think that there are really strong advantages to being online. So, you know, consider that you'd be able to take a class at, you know, a college or a program on the other side of the country from your bedroom, or you could do an internship for a company in another city. I know I've been doing classes through universities based on the other side of the country. And those are opportunities I wouldn't have if COVID hadn't happened. So, you know, definitely look at the benefits, I think, of being mm-hmm. virtual and try to see if you can kind of like spread your net farther. Yeah, no, I, exactly. I think that the fact that you can mix something that's online with something that's in person does really help you sort of maximize the way you're spending each individual week. You know, if you were going and traveling to a specific summer program, you wouldn't be able to do your independent projects or potentially SAT prep or whatever you're doing um, at the same time. And this year that definitely like increases the flexibility. Yeah. And if you can you know, really rehearse those time management skills in your summer. I think you'll be better off in your senior year when you're trying to manage your classes, your extracurriculars, and then these college applications. If you can really figure out, you know, a good routine for yourself in the summer, what time do you wake up? When are you doing your test prep? When are you doing your independent project? You know, can you balance your time? So you do your test prep outside, get some sun. So those are really important skills to develop. And we're actually going to do a podcast interviewing me about how to balance your time senior year. So I'd also like to know if I were a student, is this summer before my senior year, is it too late for me to get involved into something? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I think that it, it, that depends a lot on what you've already got in your profile, frankly. So, you know, you're going to have 10 spots on an activities list for your application. And if you kind of go through your list and you've got eight and you, you really can't fill it to 10, then by all means, you need to be doing something new this summer. And that's it. That's great. If you have those 10 activities and two of them are things you started in 12th grade, you're going to have 10 activities. And that's really important. If you're the kind of person who already has 10, then you might not need to be starting new things but really increasing the impact of what you already are doing. I will say that a lot of students don't have a clear sense of what their academic interest is until sometime during their 11th grade year. And so 
adding something in the 11th grade summer that is specific to that area of interest and is really niche or is more advanced, I think can go a long way. You know, I, I've seen students who are, you know, doing a summer course in a more niche field than they would have been able to do in high school. That can be a really great thing to add to your profile at that point, something like an advanced internship or research that you wouldn't have been able to do previously. Those type of things are really, really great. You know, if you've especially come up with a a slightly new interest, then joining a club or starting to teach students in your area of interest over the summer, doing some sort of tutoring, those kinds of things really do add to your profile. Again, especially if they are very, very focused into your academic field. And so you said that there's 10 spots on the activities list. Does it reflect poorly on someone's application if they don't fill out all 10 of those spots? I do think so. Um, yeah. You want to make sure that you are, you know, showing everything that you are able to do. Now, I'll say that there's a lot of creative ways to fill out those 10 activities lists. I, I use th- this example myself all the time. I'm a crossword puzzle um, guru. I love crossword puzzles. I do them a lot. And most people wouldn't consider that a formal activity, but I think that it would give admissions officers a really good sense of my personality and kind of what I like to do if I had that on my activities list. I wouldn't put that there if I had 10 other things that were really impactful, but if I kind of need to stretch it and and add something else, that's a great way to do it. If you're like a self-taught guitar player, you can add that to your activities list. You know, we were talking about time management. One of the things that I often do with students is ask them to think about how they spend every single hour of their day, both during a weekday and on a weekend. And you'd be surprised at how many interesting things you're actually doing that you might not realize could be, you know, activities with a capital A, for instance. Yeah, that's good to know. I wouldn't have thought of that. And then, so I did talk about, obviously, that students do have an opportunity to maybe take on an internship in a different city, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're interested in entertainment, maybe you could do a virtual internship in LA or New York. But if a student isn't able to get, you know, an internship in their specific field, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe they're a lifeguard, they're babysitting, maybe they're working in retail this summer, is that something that they can pop package into their application? Definitely. I love it when I see that students are doing, you know, quote unquote, regular summer jobs. And I think it's really refreshing for admissions officers as well. I think that, you know, when you see that on an application, especially one that's been a little bit more involved, you know that a student has a little bit more maturity than most students. They've had to be more accountable than they were to ever be as a student or in a summer program. I also think a lot of students get great ideas for their personal statement out of summer jobs. And so I I think it's a really wonderful experience. I have an example from a student that we worked with who was a McDonald's employee. And this was something that she did frequently. And she'd actually kind of risen to a level of a, an employee trainer. So, you know, anybody who was new to their McDonald's location, she was the person who trained them in what they needed to do. Um, She also happened to be a ski instructor and had worked on a sort of like a ski instructor manual. And so we actually used all of those really cool experiences to help frame her application as somebody who was interested in human resources and being on the human resources side of things. So this was sort of an ideal way of packaging that type of an experience, right? But I do think that there are many, many ways to show that your summer job will help you and be more focused. So, you know, 
say you're an environmental science major, uh, or you're intending to be an environmental science major, and you are a lifeguard, right? You could talk about how you're trying to, you know, you could emphasize in the activities list that you are teaching kids a little bit about, you know, water safety, or you're making sure that you are advocating for people to be outside and take advantage of the environment, right? You can kind of frame things more towards your application style in your activities list. Yeah. I think students don't realize how much, you know, maturity, time management, work ethic, that even like a job that seems like very basic to them, how much that can really shine through is, you know, you're not just a student, but you're also taking this time to take on these like very adult responsibilities. So I think that can look really good. Would you say that there's any summer activities or, you know, extracurriculars that maybe are very common or just don't really look great on an application? Sure. Um, the thing that came to mind first was video games. And, you know, <laughs> we just get a lot of students who say, oh yeah, no, I spend all my time doing video games over the summer. And like, that's obviously not something you want to do, but is very common. So just putting that one out there. I think that, you know, there are a lot of activities that tend to be very common among a lot of students, things like debate or model UN or robotics. Many, many, many students do these activities and they are very impactful if you're able to do them at a high level. And if they, if they relate very directly to the field of interest that you're going into, but say you're interested in doing creative writing. Model UN is not really going to help you out in terms of demonstrating that interest, right? If you're an engineer, like doing robotics is important because that's that's going to be one of the only ways you're really going to be able to demonstrate your expertise as in actual engineering techniques. Um, but those kinds of things in general don't show anything unique about you. And so they're less impactful because they're not as specific. And, you know, most admissions officers will see those on a lot of applications. So they're just not going to have the same impact as a lot of other activities. One thing that I've been learning from our team is sort of this, you know, dilemma wherein a lot of people will be uh, high school athletes, but they won't be planning to go into athletics in college. Mm. So you know, their sports taking up a lot of their time, but it's not necessarily something that's going to help their application. Is there a way for students to kind of add another stuff to balance that out? Is there a way for them to kind of package their sport, even if they're not going in to play that in college? Is there ever a consideration where you might tell a student, you know, maybe you should drop this sport senior year so you have more time to focus on other stuff? Mm-hmm. That's a really great question um, and definitely a dilemma. I, I think that dropping it is re- is rarely the right call because normally we want students to be showing sustained involvement over the course of multiple years. One thing for people to remember is that on the activities list, you do get to list how many hours you're spending per week on an activity. So if you're doing club soccer and you're doing it for three hours a day, the colleges will know that you're spending that much time on it. And they're also going to be thinking about what sort of your overall hours on activities are over the course of a week. So they might look at kind of all of your activities and add up what those hours would look like so that they understand what your overall picture is. They, there is an understanding of how much time sports takes up. I will also say though, that if you're really, you know, aiming for top colleges, you will need to have excellent time management skills. So doing something like sports while also doing other things is an important skill you need to be developing. 
I think that sports are not a deficit. I think probably for students who have like really top academic aims, doing three sports in a year might be more than they can handle while also demonstrating those academic areas of interest. But it doesn't necessarily need to be a deficit. Colleges definitely have respect for the amount of time that students spend on sports and take that into consideration. One of the major benefits that I can see of doing college prep very early in the summer before your senior year is that it sets you up really well to take advantage of early action deadlines. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are some kind of like high level criteria that students should consider as they narrow down their school list for early action? And, you know, is there a bit of the deadlines moved up a little of when they should get everything done? Yeah, that's a great question. We work with almost all of our students to help them prepare for early deadlines, because we think that that's a really, really wonderful way to get ahead of things, not have all of the application deadlines at the same time, especially at the end of December. I normally recommend that students start thinking about applying to early schools at a couple of tiers. So maybe applying to one reach school, one target school, and one safety school in the early round. And what that helps you do is that you will likely get an acceptance from that safety school and hopefully from a target school as well earlier on. And it will help you potentially adjust the rest of your list, either up or down, depending on what you were, what happened. So if you apply to a school early action and find out in December that you got into that safety school, you'll be able to apply to potentially some more reach schools because you won't need to be spending as much time applying to safety schools. I think that that can be really helpful. If you find out that you didn't get into a safety school, then that's a really, really good sign that you might need to adjust the competitiveness of your list down a little bit. Um, And having that sort of feedback from that school is really, really important so that you don't end up in, you know, April or May with no acceptances. So I think that's a huge strategic advantage. um, And one of the reasons I think it's very important to be thinking about not only applying to that reach dream school in the early round, but also some safety schools. As you're sort of like narrowing down those lists, you know, you definitely want to think about sort of the basic demographics. Are you are you interested in a really large school or a small school? Are you interested in a, you know, a national research university or a public school or potentially like a private liberal arts college? I think in order to understand that, you know, right now doing virtual campus visits or doing in-person campus visits will really help you get a sense of what you do and don't like about those colleges. Once you've kind of narrowed down those criteria for yourself, then it'll be easier to sort of sort by those criteria and go into sort of the more in-depth reasons you might really like a school, like the cultural fit between you and what you're looking for in a college and what they offer, or like sort of specific and niche programs that might fit your area of interest, like an interdisciplinary major. I think it's very, very important for students to start school research really early and keep track of that research. One fun activity that I like doing with students is to just go to the homepage of a college and try to figure out what that college is trying to say about itself from its homepage. Like, you know, what is the kind of like analysis you can take from the homepage about, you know, what the school values? Uh, And I find that to be a really interesting activity and sort of school fit. Some other things you can do are, you know, speak to current students. So I mentioned earlier that you can email an admissions office and ask to speak to a current student. That's an excellent way of trying to figure out if you're the right fit for a school. 
and also as a way to demonstrate that, that interest that we talked about as well. I also recommend that you read the school's like school newspaper um, so that you can get a sense of like what current students are saying, what they care about, what are those headlines. Um, I think that that helps you get a really, really good sense of if it's going to be the right place for you. I think, you know, especially going for a lot of depth in school list research can be really helpful because, you know, I think a lot of students are kind of allured by brand names. I know I was when I was applying to college and I do think that it definitely can disadvantage you just because... I think schools really mean it when they talk about who their like ideal candidate is. So if you're applying to like a bunch of schools that on paper sound good, but that you're not a great fit for, number one, the admissions office will probably see that you're not a great fit. You don't kind of like fit in with the rest of their student population. And they'll also see that you haven't really done very like specific research of, you know, specific programs or activities you're interested in. And, you know, that's a way that like so many schools, even if you're maybe like academically qualified, you still might not get in because the fit's just not there and you didn't really realize that or you were just going too much based on branding and rankings, percentages. Totally. I think that's such such an important piece of this. You know, when I work with students to do school research, what I ask them to do is look at like specific professors and the types of research that they're doing, courses that are offered in that major and things like that, and keep track of that um, because you want to be able to talk about those when you eventually write some supplemental essays for those schools. And, you know, if you're finding that there's absolutely nobody who's doing research that interests you at that school, then that's a really good sign that it might not be the right place for you. It it definitely helps to get that that more in-depth analysis of school fit earlier on. When I was applying to colleges, I applied early action to Yale. And so I did my, I kind of did all my college applications mentally on that like early action deadline. Mm -hmm. So I think I ended up turning all of them in by the beginning of November. And then it was just such a great feeling as all my friends were like panicking about like, oh my gosh, I have another application to do. I have to do this. I have to do that. I was like, I'm done. I've turned them all in. And it had a second bonus because I actually did a lot of alumni interviews for colleges I applied Mm -hmm. to around like November, December. So I was able to really focus on preparing for those. And then because I was applying to theater programs, I had to do a lot of auditions between like November through February. So that was able to really prepare for that. So I think, you know, just like really staggering all of that out so that you're not in one month trying to do applications, interviews, you know, supplemental things that you're submitting to the college. Yeah, no, you definitely want to pace yourself. You know, we've talked about time management a couple of times today, and it's definitely important in this. Um, I often tell students that you need to plan for your college applications to be the equivalent of another AP course that you might be taking um, and like that amount of time and to to block out time for it in in your year, especially in the fall when you get back to school. You know, maybe you say, okay, every Saturday morning is my application time and like this is when I'm going to work on it you're going to be spending so much more time on these essays than you would for a school essay uh, because you really want them to be as good as they possibly can be. And so, you know, it doesn't work as well to say, oh, I've got this, you know, application due on, you know, Sunday, I can start it on Thursday. I don't think that's going to result in the best application for you. You want to make sure that you're really planning it out over the course of the whole fall. I applied to a big fellowship last year, and I think I went through... 15 to 20 drafts of my personal statement and 15 to 20 drafts of my statement of grant purpose. And so I think from, 
I remember when I was going to workshops and about applying to this, there were students saying, oh, you know, I went through eight drafts and I thought, you know, gosh, like eight drafts, like I'm never going to do that. Like, I'm sure it'll be like fine after three, but you you would really be surprised by the level of depth, the level of attention to detail, you know, the ability to be more concise, to be more clear that if you're really pushing yourself to keep doing draft after draft, you will be able to create a finished project product that's a lot higher in quality than you even were able to imagine. Completely. I I love seeing how students are able to just get better at writing through working on these applications and, and become so much more self-reflective as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's probably kind of corny, but I, I, I think that students become better people from doing this work um, and they become better prepared for college and better prepared for their life. And it's a really, really rewarding process to see that happen. I think application writing is a very specific skill set that you get better at the more you do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you really put time into refining your college applications, you know, not only will you hopefully get into your dream college, but you'll have that more refined skill set when you're applying to clubs at your school, when you're applying to internships, writing cover letters, when you're applying to a special summer program, eventually to graduate school. I really do think it is a skill that becomes very refined and sharpened. Yeah. So, you know, if you're very much suffering at your 20th application of your Yale personal statement, just think like long-term, this is really going to help you in the future. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Are there any last, you know, advice, tips, words of support you'd like to give our seniors this year? Oh man, it, it, this has been, this past year has been a, a difficult year in terms of um, applications. Um, and I, I would say that it's it's just more important than ever to be taking time with your application and to be thinking about what you really want and showing that to colleges. Colleges really want to see a genuine reflection of you as a person. And so take advantage of this time to become who you really want to be. I guess I'll just leave it at that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Catherine. I'm sure our listeners appreciate your advice on how to strategically plan their summer before senior year. For more information on navigating college waitlists, be sure to check out our blog linked in the episode description. And of course, we'll link the various blogs that we referenced today. There are a ton of helpful articles that will help you get into your college. If you have any questions or you'd like to request a topic for a future episode, go ahead and give us a follow on social media and send us a message with the hashtag Inside Admissions. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.